Hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. And today I am joined by Joe. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you coming by and sharing your insight and expertise with us. Why don't you go ahead and um, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, brag on yourself a little bit, and what we'll be talking about today. Hey, thanks, Courtney. Uh, my name is Joe Malone. I'm a former Special Operations Marine, and I now teach people how to be safe against violence and violent crime, mostly through skill development, but a lot of mindset empowerment as well. Wow. First and foremost, I want to thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it and everything that you've done for our country, as well as those around the world, for sure. Um, you said that you teach people how to keep themselves safe against violent crime, things of that nature. How did your training help you to teach civilians how to keep themselves safe? Yeah, so, you know, I, I wasn't born into the special operations community. I had to get assessed, selected, and trained. And, of course, there was, like, a lot of metamorphosis, if you will, that took place throughout that process. And so the the special operations mission, on top of all that, is to link up in foreign countries, usually in heavily infested enemy territory or behind enemy lines. And the people that we're teaching and training aren't like warriors, they're farmers, they're merchants, they're traders, they're logisticians who are being oppressed by like an evil force coming in. So for example, when ISIS kind of stood up and, and rolled through a lot of the Iraqi territories in the countryside, these were just ordinary people who one day had a, a, a convoy of evil criminal people show up and kidnap their daughters and commit all these atrocities. So learning how to relate to people, regardless of like the culture, develop that rapport, and then how to articulate these types of skills to the most basic level possible. I always joke, you know, being a special operations Marine is kind of like an oxymoron because you're supposed to be a critical thinker in the special operations community, but at the same time, Marines are the most simple-minded. So... It, it kind of worked out well, though, because if I could learn it, uh, then anybody can basically learn it. And so it's just it's just applying those same fundamentals and principles, but to the private sector and uh, just always trying to build that rapport, develop empathy and understanding where people are coming from, what they're dealing with, and then articulating those skills in a progressive format so anybody can learn. For sure. Now, obviously, history shows that, you know, the Middle East doesn't necessarily have the greatest history with our country. Um, did you find it difficult to build that trust when trying to build a rapport with the people you were trying to um, to to educate with these skills? To to I mean, I mean, was it difficult to to try to build that rapport and that trust? A little bit. It it just depend depends on where I was at and who I was working with specifically. I mean, we had a lot of insider attacks, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but it, it was kind of just like a part of the job description. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, these people were in really bad positions and they wanted to, to get their way out of it. And so they, for the most part, the people were very willing to to learn. And, you know, they, they knew the United States, especially the SOCOM special operations community, has a really strong reputation in the world. And so when you find out that these guys are, are coming to train you, they usually pay attention. They're ready and willing to take that help. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what, I, I guess it's, what would you say is the most difficult 
part of special operations? Um, constantly, you know, being on the go, you have to really dedicate your life to it. And I know for, I didn't have a family at the time when I was in, I, I have a, a family now, I have a wife and a kid now, but that was years after I'd gotten out and being gone all the time is just very taxing on the families. It's even taxing on the single guys. So just being gone all the time, disassociating, you basically write a check for your life and you cash it. And, and it's basically, you're just waiting for that day for that bullet to hit you. And when you say goodbye to your loved ones, you're really saying goodbye. Even if it's a training event, we had a lot of guys die in training accidents, helicopters crash. Um, oh yeah. And so that, I would say that was probably the most difficult part was constantly just, it's almost like you're, you're waiting for your number to be called. If that makes sense. For sure. For sure. Yeah. As far as getting involved in special operations, is that something, I mean, obviously I don't know much as far as military, anything. I'm, I'm just a civilian over here. Um, is that something that you just kind of sign up and then boom, you choose to go into special ops or is that something that, you know, you sign up, you, you take a particular job and then you work your way into so it, each branch of service is different a little bit, like the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, and the Marines. Ultimately, in the Marine Corps specifically, you have to have been a Marine for a couple of years. And it's probably changed a little bit since I went in. When I went in, it was very strict. Um, like you had to be in for four years. You had to be a certain rank. You had to have combat deployments already. But since people aren't doing those things anymore, I think it's like two years and a less rank. But... Once you make that choice, you have to go through an assessment and selection process. Okay. And then every single day, even after you make it through the, the initial selection is six weeks. And then uh, just to give you an idea, I think 160, 180 people started off in my selection class and 40, 60 or 40 people made it through. And wow. then after that, you have like a nine month individual kind of group course and we started off with 120 and, and we ended up with like 40 or 60 again. Um, so you're, you're constantly being weeded out uh, for various uh, characteristics and traits. But even when you make the teams, if you screw up, you know, you you can be benched and, and you could lose, you know, the right to that job. Well, and in the end, realistically, that's essentially a good thing because your lives are in each other's hands. So, I mean, that, that does in the end make sense for sure. Um, what was the most rewarding part of your job? Uh, you know, that's kind of an interesting question. I don't know if I've thought about that. The most rewarding part of being in that job. Uh, I'll tell you a story. Um, okay. There was when when ISIS specifically rolled through Iraq in, in 2014, they, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sinjar area. There was like this huge global crisis in Sinjar, the Yazidi people. And a lot of those little girls were kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. And they were just abused. Uh, they were made wives, raped, crazy. Like it was just horrible. One night we were able to facilitate a rescue operation where I think 12 girls were rescued and reunited with their families. Now, unfortunately, two of the girls were so just traumatized that they were they weren't even 
like they were just like catatonic like they weren't even living anymore they were just literally physical vessels but to see the other families reunited with you know their their kids that was absolutely probably that was probably the most rewarding part of it all was to be able to help people uh fight off oppression wow that is i i always i always forget that my audience can't see me but i i have chills that is beautiful and and i can't imagine you know we we forget living in the comforts of america that this kind of thing really does happen across the world it it's it's real it's it's right there and for you to do what you do and and to put your life on the line to be able to do it i i i can't even imagine and i again thank you so much for for doing so um what would you say for anybody looking to go into special operations or even just just entering the military in, in any kind of job what would you say as far as preparing themselves mentally, physically, anything of that nature. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a big, big question. Cause I won't be able to answer that of course for everybody, but right. generally speaking, you know, the military doesn't solve all your problems. So a lot of people like myself, I joined because I was, you know, not going, I was addicted to drugs at an early age. My best friend joined. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to go too. And so it's not going to solve all your problems. It's good for some people. It's great for some people, but it just doesn't do anything for other people. And if you're going to join to like go fight a war, you should really question those motives because every single dead person I ever stood over in my entire life, I just thought it was a pointless, it was just a waste of life and effort. And so I wouldn't recommend people join for for that. And I mean, look where it's at now, right? It's just a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, and in terms of physical and mental, I mean, they'll, they'll give you all that guidance and in terms of of what, what that is, but I always just tell people, regardless of what you're doing in life, you always physically and mentally want to be the best version of you that you ever could possibly be. For sure. Do you feel that there are enough resources as far as, um, mental health coming home from deployments? Um, do you feel that there are enough resources for veterans coming home? Yeah, that's a great question. That's the number one reason I started my current coaching program was because I, when I was leaving the military, was absolutely suicidal. I was destitute. I lost all my money doing a bunch of high risk trading activity and I was drinking every day. I had like 26 medications prescribed to me. I was living out of a tent on a beach in my truck and it was just not good. And I've come way since then I've learned and I've elevated myself and I'll, I, that's not ever going to be a version of me ever again. I've been fortunate to have learned certain lessons in my life and I've overcome a lot of adversities, but so I wanted to put a dent in the amount of people who are getting out just lost and confused because there's a lot of resources, but they don't help you navigate. They just throw a bunch of books at you and they say, look at all this stuff we gave you. And you're just lost and confused in it all. And so I started this coaching program to help veterans transfer their skills over from the military to the private sector, but also at the same time, help them keep their mind right, their nutrition right, their physicality right, and then also help them understand legalities in terms of uh, self-defense, justified self-defense for oneself and their family. And so I definitely, not to mention financial advice, we connect people with a lot of financial advisors, um, but I 
I think there's a lot of resources, but I think that it's poorly understood. And because it's poorly understood, I mean, it's, it's like, you're basically just, I'm thirsty, but you're blasting me in the face with a fire hose and I can't even drink if that makes oh, sense. Okay. For sure. For sure. What would you say is the biggest obstacle facing veterans today? Um, their sense of entitlement. I think a lot of people are going into the military and then coming out of the military thinking like they should be thanked for their service and that they should be given these job opportunities. I think people are going into the military thinking that they're deserving of something when the reality of it is, is that none of us, you know, we deserve everything, but we truly deserve nothing. All human beings, right? Like you, you're only going to be worth the impact that you're capable of providing. And what I've seen is that people will get out of the military and they think that they're deserving of something in the private sector when you're not. Nobody cares about what you did in the military. Nobody cares about your job, your medals, your nothing. And the sooner they realize that and the sooner that they realize it's all about how much uh, contribution you can give to society, then you get rewarded financially, then I think okay. you're better off. Of okay. All right. Now, where can my audience find more of you, more of your coaching, follow along with your work? The The best spot's Instagram. That's really been my main focus. I, I put safety tips up there, a lot of mindset, discipline, habit, uh, advice for people. So okay. Joseph, Joseph underscore Malone underscore official, that's going to be my Instagram page. And then uh, for more corporate clients, like if you work in the safety or HR department, I do a lot of workplace violence prevention stuff as well. And then that's going to be southerncross.company. Excellent. Excellent. Do you, Before we wrap up, do you have any tips, guidance, advice for civilians or veterans or anybody still currently serving um, that they might be able to take with them? Yeah, I would definitely say if, if you're in the military and you're transitioning, uh, you know, reach out to someone like myself because we could at least poke you up with some guidance and help you navigate all the information that you're given um for you know i, I would just kind of leave it at that i guess R seriously people who everybody who dms me on instagram i it's me responding it's not like some uh, assistant it's not a bot it's wow. it's me every single time so reach out if you have questions or need anything because i could help you navigate the the mistakes that i made uh, when i was getting out for sure Excellent. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us today. I appreciate your your service. I appreciate you joining us and and potentially saving someone from from I mean, you could be saving a life realistically. And uh, that means the world to to me, my audience and and everybody else who could be listening right now. And to my audience members, our unladies, our ladies and gentlemen alike, you already know. I love y'all fiercely. Thank you.